0: Hey everybody, it is Allison here. I am by myself today, at least for right now. Hilarious technical difficulties have taken over (laughs) the app and it wouldn't be our show if there weren't any technical difficulties. Um, So instead of our usually broadcasted episode today with our special guest, we are going to have to postpone that one more time. Yay. Um, But you will still get a show. And instead of talking about mental health, we're going to take a little bit of a self-care break and Joey is going to uh, dive into, you know, something he's been hoping to do and share a little bit of something I've been dreaming of doing um, by sharing a couple chapters of my novel with all of you. I'm nervous, uh, but excited as well. I hope it's well received. I hope you guys like it. This has been a passion project of mine since I was a sophomore in high school when a simple creative writing project became a 90-page turn-in and uh, it it wasn't even done then and now it's done and I'm looking forward to writing the last uh, two books in the series. I have book one ready it's just a matter of getting it out there for you guys in ebook and uh, paperback for purchase and download. Um, <laughs> I don't, you know, it's hard talking by yourself. I, I miss Joey. I do. Um, talking with him on here is a lot easier than talking by myself, which is why I wanted to do the podcast with him. But unfortunately, uh, the app that we use to record is being a poop head and, uh, because Joey and I don't live near each other, I can't just kind of go and take a seat in his living room with him and, and record this with him. Um, so I'm here in Chicago recording this little intro for you guys and he'll be, uh, at home in Ohio recording his wonderful narrative of, uh, my novel series, <laughs> I don't know how much he's gonna read. Uh, I hope you guys like it, though. I, I think that's what my my nerves are most about is is how it's gonna be taken and received. Uh, but it's you know any feedback is good feedback, whether it's hey you can adjust this or I didn't like this part or oh my god that's awesome. Uh, I like it all as long as it's creative and constructive and uh, not rude. You know I mean there's there's a way to convey constructive criticism. Uh, anyway, what else should I tell you? I mean, uh, told you how long I've been working on it. (laughs) I've put years of research into this. It's, it's really important to me that all the characters be fleshed out, that all the elements, um, from cultural backgrounds of the characters are done properly and, uh, not appropriative. I really try hard to, uh, to be respectful of the cultures I'm using. I know that a lot of people aren't, or they feel it's uh, books are whitewashed or uh, non-representative of everybody. And I, I tried very hard, but I can only write from the world that I know too. Um, so that's where the research came in. Uh, what is it about? Well, Playing With Fire, which is the name of book one and what will probably be the, the name of the series going forward when I publish the other books, um, is about a 21 year old college student who feels invisible. He feels like he's the average Joe and nobody really notices him. But he's been having this dream for over a decade about this, this beautiful girl that he saves. And he doesn't, you know, if she exists, if it's foreboding of his life in the future or what, But one day on campus, as he's, you know, dredging along to class, he bumps into a girl who looks exactly like this girl that he's been dreaming about for forever. And this puts his life into a spiral of secrets and mysteries and even some paranormal aspects. You know, the tagline for the book is that some secrets are better left unknown and I am a true believer in that, that not all secrets are good secrets, and some of them should be kept to yourself, but if, you know, in the case of my main character here, he wants to know everything about this person, and it might not be so good for him, (laughs) so uh, Joey's gonna read you a couple uh, chapters, and I hope you guys like it uh if you don't that's cool too uh if you do like it and want to know when it's going to be released message me or message joey or message our podcast instagram and i will be happy to get that information to you i'm sure joey will share links and do cartwheels (laughs) i adore him and yeah i uh i hope you guys like it all right have fun bye
1: well hello everyone it is joey here and yeah, as you heard Allison say up top, of we are doing something different this week due to um, Anchor, which we record our podcast, has been having issues with the um, recording with the guest feature. Uh, it's it's been having issues for a few days now, and. Uh, they're working to fix it, but uh, for now, her and I are unable to record with each other. So, uh, yeah, as she said up top, we are going to do something different this week, which is uh, I am going to read the first few chapters of her book, which she sent me um in uh, in advance of. And uh, I haven't had a chance to read all of it yet, but from what I've read, I really, really love it myself. And I am not just saying that because Allison is a dear friend of mine. Uh, I genuinely think it's great. And uh, yeah, as I said, I haven't read the whole thing so far, but from what I've read, it's... uh, pretty fun and exciting and you know I'm from what I've read I'm definitely excited to see where it goes and yeah so uh, I had an idea to um do a little audiobook narration for you and uh you know, it's something I've, uh, wanted to do in general. You know, given this voice, I had this thing that used to get me made fun of. You know, a lot of people said my voice sounded terrible and dumb and all that stuff. Now, since I've started a podcast, uh, a lot of people have been complimenting me, saying they love listening to my voice, which, uh, actually makes me feel good <laughs> uh, but I mean seriously i've uh you know i from what I'm reading in valison's book so far, I'm really loving it, and it's uh yeah I'm excited to uh read what I can for you here so um i also Uh, Talked with Allison earlier. Make sure I want to. There are some character names. And uh, other words. In this that I want to. Make sure I pronounce right. So I. Talked with Allison earlier about. What some of the pronunciations. For these names. And these words are. And I still may. Not say them right. And I apologize in advance. Um, I really do want to try to get it right, but, uh, if I happen to, uh, not pronounce any name or anything correctly, I apologize, uh, and I may stumble at points, I'm not gonna edit this, (laughs) I know if, uh, this was like a real audiobook book, done professionally. I could, you know, if I stumble at any point, you know, some engineer or sound rec- recording guy or whatever could edit it so it so-, so it makes it sound like I'm I do it flawlessly. But uh, I'm telling you right now in advance, before I even do it, that it's. Likely, I could stumble a few times, so uh, forgive me if that happens. But uh, yeah, so without uh, any further ado, here we go with Allison's book, Playing With Fire. Enjoy. 1. Dreams to Reality I once read that if you dream of something four or more times in a row that you're not just dreaming about something you want subconsciously, but actually stealing a glance at the future. Now I've never been one to believe in anything even remotely paranormal, but when you've had the same dream roughly every night for over eight years, well, let's just say it's a little hard to not question. I woke up that fateful morning gently in my dorm room, just like every time before when I've had that beautifully awful dream shortly before my alarm was set to wake me. I remained still, thinking back on it for what was probably the millionth time already that year. I focused on every aspect of the dream, trying to see if anything had changed from any of the nights before until my alarm went off. I sighed and reached behind my head for the small digital clock I kept between the wall and my headboard, finding the off switch easily. Morning, kid! An all-too-familiar female voice yawned at me from across the room. Hi, Mandy. I grumbled back to my roommate's girlfriend as I rolled out of bed and began hunting for my bathrobe and shower things. You sleep okay, kid? She asked in a half-whisper. I could feel the stare of her eyes drilling holes into my back. I'd always hated when she called me kid. It was like she thought she was twice my age or something when she was only three years older than both my roommate and I. Yeah, fine. Why so tense, sweetie? It took far more mental fortitude than I had that early in the morning to not visibly shudder. I hated kid. I loathed, sweetie. Or at least I did when it came from her uneven lips. Not tense, just trying to get ready. You know, it would be nice if you weren't here every night though, Mandy. I mean, you have an apartment free of roommates to go to. You can't expect me to go home to my lonely little rat hole when you know I can't sleep without my Ricky. I could hear the undertones of a snarl in her overly sweet pout. I looked over to see her nuzzling her face against my still sleeping roommate's well-muscled tawny chest. Most people would have probably found it an act of endearment or young love, but I knew better. Bring him with, I'm sure he'd enjoy the privacy as much as I would. Don't be such an ass. You should feel honored to have a girl like me in your room and so near your bed. Probably the only time it'll ever happen anyway. I said nothing. My silence tended to piss her off more than any attempt to sling mud back possibly could. It would have been futile anyway to argue with her, at least about that particular topic. You know, Joshy? She paused, waiting for my usual quick cringe at the third pet name she'd given me. You really wouldn't be a bad looking guy if you knew how to dress or worked out just a little and lost all that extra weight. Again, your suggestion has been filed into the unsolicited advice section, but thank you for your concern. I said as I finished, making sure the blades on my razor didn't need to be changed out. Confident they could make it through at least one more shave, I tossed them back in my caddy and headed towards the door to grab my towel and robe and slip into my sandals shoving my keys into my lounge pants pocket as I passed them hanging on the coat hanger by my closet. It wasn't standard practice as the dorms were relatively safe, but she'd locked me out before so I wasn't about to risk a repeat. The bathroom on my floor was quiet and still clean for once. It was a comforting feeling, not finding vomit on the floor or in the urinals or toilet paper anywhere after a weekend. Given that roughly 30 guys ranging in age from 18 to 26 here at the four-stall, four-shower bathroom, it was a bit of a toss-up as to what condition you find it in on any given day. Those Sundays and Mondays were usually the worst. Tossing my towel on one of the hooks that hung outside each stall, I dropped my caddy on the floor of the shower and turned the head as far to the right as I could before twisting the knobs and jumping back. I closed the curtain, letting the water heat up for a few minutes before I bothered to step out of my pants and quickly jump behind the curtain. Sighing, I let the intense heat I'd set the shower at work out the aches and pains of a night spent trying to smother myself in my own pillows to keep out the sound of squeaking springs from the bunk next to mine. I liked my roommate. We'd been friends from day one, so I only partially blamed him for my suffering. His girlfriend, though. Her I couldn't find one good thing about, and I tried for the last year. As the tension slid from my shoulders, my thought led back to the seemingly constant onslaught of last night's reoccurring nightmare. Honestly, I wouldn't want to call it a nightmare. It truly was a wonderful dream until the very end. That was the part where everything crumbled apart around me, and I woke up frustrated that I was unable to stop any of it from happening. What made that dream so terrible, you asked? Not much, to be quite honest, except for the fact it was about the day I die. It was always the same. Always ended with me dying while desperately trying to save the same gorgeous, red-headed mystery girl. I had no idea who she was, and in many ways I doubt I'd ever find out, no matter what I'd read. What I did know was that she was the most beautiful creature I'd ever seen, real or not. Life experience had taught me that someone that lovely couldn't possibly exist in the real world without the use of Photoshop. And even if she could, it was doubtful that she'd ever be attracted to me. Still, she was wonderful to dream about. And each night that I did see her, I awoke smiling despite the gruesome death I'd witnessed. She was an angel carved from Alabaster by Botticelli. She was perfect. Dreams of her made me happier than anything in reality, yet she was the ultimate reason for my misery. I twisted the water off and shook out my hair a bit before grabbing my towel, thoughts still forever focused on my dream. Having memorized it in every detail, I was confident that there was no possibility of it ever becoming a reality, no matter how many times it played in my head. Still, there was something almost exhilarating about the thought that maybe someone like her could actually exist outside of a dream world. To suddenly find out that someone like her was real. That maybe by some miracle, you could finally have a shot at what you've been wanting for so long. Well, who wouldn't want that? I returned to my room a little while later, thankful to find that both my roommate and his girlfriend were gone. Dumping my towel and caddy on my desk chair... I saw the note Rick had left me on my bed requesting the use of our room tonight from 6 until around 11. I rolled my eyes and tossed it in the garbage. I scribbled back a note, setting it on his desk, letting him know I'd be back by 11.30, along with the humble request that they both actually be dressed this time. I grabbed my usual outfit and yanked a brush through my hair. I shrugged my backpack onto my shoulder and headed out the door, not caring today whether or not my bed was made. Sidestepping a group of girls headed down to do laundry. I pushed my way out through the security door and was immediately glad I grabbed a sweatshirt. I bowed my head and started off in the direction of the second farthest building from my dorm, taking in the atmosphere of Carthage's mile-long trek of class and dorm buildings. All in all, the campus was rather charming. The grounds were well kept, with healthy flowers planted and tended from the end of March until just just after Halloween, until the cycle began again. The beach the campus sat on was private for student use only, and many of us took advantage of this, though the walk down to the public beach made getting into the water a bit easier as they removed the boulders from the shoreline there. Aside from the massive amount of lake-effect snow we got during the winter months, and the ever-changing weather that came with it. Carthage was a pretty nice place to go to school if you managed to get the right professors. All I wanted to do was just get back inside a building where it would hopefully be a little bit warmer, more bearable. Had I been smart, I would have crossed the street and sucked up my disdain for the little bagel shop long enough to pass through the library for a few extra moments of warmth. At this hour, though, the library would be crowded by noisy jocks and airheaded headed cheerleader types, all trying to look smart while really scouting out the opposite sex as they ordered their breakfast. Was it truly that hard to attract someone in this day and age that people had to pretend to be something they weren't? In my head, the answer was of course, but in my heart, I truly believed it wasn't true. I really didn't want to believe that the human race was doomed to grow to be plastic Barbie and Ken's. I passed a few perfect examples as I fought against the cold wind blowing off the lake. Girls in super short skirts or those stupid knit t-shirt dress things and brightly colored leggings with those adequately named Ugg boots and all with full makeup on. When had they gotten up this morning to do all that and why did they feel, even feel the need to? I was so focused on trying to figure it out, trying to s- decide if the air of confidence they were trying to front matched their body language. And I forgot to pay attention to what was in front of me until I literally crashed into someone. I'm so sorry! I cried out over the sound of fluttering paper, quickly scurrying to my hands and knees in an attempt to get out of my victim's way as soon as possible. I stooped down once I'd gathered myself in my balance to collect the books and papers for the person i just knocked over it's fine really happens all the time i should have been watching where i was going her voice was small and smoky yet oddly powerful due to its deeper tenor it was almost soothing the way the soft brogue of it seemed to twist around certain words like she was lazily singing her sentences no it's my fault i was well i don't really know what i was doing i'm sorry please let me help I can get them. Oh! I jumped at her gasp as my hand brushed the back of hers as we reached for the same book. She yanked her hand quickly away from mine, but not quickly enough for me to notice how incredibly warm it was. A near impossible feat for bare hands in the current temperature. I looked up and then, seeing her for the first time then, she was sitting on her heels, arms crossed across her chest, those warm hands hands clasped just above her elbows and her head bowed so all I could see was the top of her pink knitted hat and the soft long waves of her auburn hair. I was astounded to discover that she wasn't wearing a jacket or anything other than a simple summer cardigan over a gray shirt with those dark blue jeans. How she was able to maintain such warmth when even in a sweatshirt I was shivering was far beyond me. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to startle you. You did not She shook her head and then lifted it to meet my gaze It was then my turn to gasp as I fell back onto my heels Trying to momentarily remember how to breathe I sat there Staring into the fleshy, harsh shaped face of the most beautiful girl I had ever seen A girl I visually knew better than anyone else Because I had been dreaming of her for what felt like a lifetime I was in shock Or at least I felt like I was There was such a mixture of elation and terror taking place within me at that moment that it was hard to really know what was real and what wasn't. Her eyes, the prettiest shade of dark green, held me there for a while before she blinked and moved away. All of her books stacked neatly in her hands again. Her papers, too. Sorry again, I stuttered out. Again, it is not a problem. It was probably more my fault than yours. I am far clumsier than I like to admit. I am fine, honest, and I hope you are unscathed as well. Oh, uh, yeah, fine, honest. I lifted my hands up, palms facing her, trying to make it look like I hadn't been shaken at all by my collision with her, even though I felt like I walked into a cement pole instead of the softly curved, voluptuous beauty. Good, I am very glad. I must be going now. Have a nice day. She flashed me a coy smile as she yanked the stopping cat down a bit more over her ears and then offered me a small flighty wave before she proceeded to walk away with a gait that was better fit for a runway than any models I'd ever seen. I stared after her, absolutely dumbstruck. I still couldn't get over the fact that everything that had just happened had been real and not a dream. I stooped as low as to pinch myself in the middle of the sidewalk, And when I felt the pain and looked up to see her, now a small speck only capable of being identified by her hair, I knew it wasn't. She was real. She actually existed. For the first time in years, I headed to class with a smile on my face. 2. The New Meaning of Awkward I walked into my first class of the day, grinning like a fool, which was almost a miracle in and of itself. Intro to Classical Lit was by far my least favorite class. This was the kind of class that made me want to be back in bed sleeping. Instead, I was stuck within my own personal vision, version of hour-long hell each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning. I'd somehow managed to survive almost a full month of this class, which left me with a little less than three more. Roughly 36 more classes. Already I could sense the clock ticking down to finals and the delicious freedom from Professor Darrell and her horrendous dangling glasses that would come just before holiday break in December. The tedium of her class wasn't exactly something I could get used to. Every class just seemed to grow more monotonous than the last, And sometimes it wasn't only this class that made me feel that way. I sighed, trying to remain as quiet and under Daryl's radar as possible, while I slowly let my mind wander back to the girl I'd just run into. I could still see her walking down the street, hair swinging wildly behind her like a dancing maroon flame, perfectly in sync with her wide, well-rounded hips hugged by dark jeans that seemed to have been made just for her. I shook my head. I had to stop thinking about her. I looked up from my empty page of notes in time to see that my head shaking had made Professor Darrell's slender lips smile and the crow's feet beneath her, crow's feet around her deep eyes crinkle more. I assumed it was because I had made a movement that signaled I was paying attention, though my head was elsewhere. I had no idea what was going on in class. And that quickly became apparent when she came over and looked down her long, slightly upturned nose and over her tortoiseshell glasses to my empty page of mandatory notes. She frowned heavily—a slight difference to the permanent grimace she seemed to wear. "Some people should be better," some people should be taking better notes than they are," was all she said. I paid light attention to the rest of the class, and when it was time to leave. I packed my things and tried to get out of the room before Daryl finished speaking with another poor soul. But like all teachers with that strange sixth sense, she managed to finish as I walked past her. Joshua, she said, stopping me in my tracks and making me wish I had the courage to just keep walking. I'm a bit disappointed in your work today. I've been told such wonderful things about you. She lied, or at least I assumed she was. I'd never been very good at English. In fact, i tried my hardest to avoid the damn subject since i graduated from high school. I'm sorry, Professor. Her scowl heated up, causing the laugh lines around her mouth to sink deeper into her, her heavily made-up, decorated skin. Don't waste my time with some half-thought-of excuse. I've heard them all. I've been around for a while now. That part I didn't doubt. All I want, Joshua, is for all my students to pass my class and succeed with their goal to graduate. Please don't be the one student I have to fail. There is always one, and I don't want it to be you. Be you. I won't be, Professor. Have a good day. I gave her a polite nod, though my voice lacked any real politeness, and turned on my heel as quickly as was humanly possible in order to get out of that room. I didn't want to hear anything more. I wouldn't be able to focus on it without saying something rude, and that would really screw with what Daryl seemed to think was my ultimate goal. I walked to my next class, deciding to take the longer way that sent me back into the cold in an effort to push the previous few moments out of my head. It wasn't the first time a professor had pulled me aside, and it wouldn't be the last. I knew I wasn't a perfect student, never had been and never would be. Regardless, I never pulled off anything lower than a C, and even then, that was only in courses I really disliked, or honestly sucked at. Try as hard as I might to push everything out of my head, I couldn't. I kept bouncing back and forth between the conversation with Daryl and how wrong she was to the girl from early, or to my dream staring, starring her, and back again, over and over. The more I thought about all of it and how it was affecting me, the fouler my mood became. I nodded at Professor Morris as I passed him on my way into his lecture. One of two professors I found to not only be rather relaxed with their teaching methods, but with their attitudes as well. Morris was probably the friendliest professor on campus, and his bright blue eyes with their deep-set wrinkles around them and his wide mouth showed that more than anything else about him, (laughs) I enjoyed this particular coffee-addicted professor's classes almost as much as I enjoyed and occasionally took advantage of its lack of attendance taking. I sat, da- I sat down at my desk in the back of the lecture hall and closed my eyes, sliding down in my chair. I tried to block out, block out the thoughts in my head, hoping I'd be able to shove it aside long enough to participate in one of the few classes that mattered to me this semester. Unfortunately, the more I tried to block everything out, the more I thought about everything. The more I thought about everything, the more she popped into my mind. I didn't even know who she was, if she went here, if her boyfriend went here. None of the important details I should have known to be so focused on her. I still wasn't completely sure that she'd actually looked like the girl from my dreams, or if that had just been a mixture of minor concussion and subconscious desire. If she was real and was a student here as well. The chances of me ever seeing her again outside of the usual brief passing were slim to none anyway. Still, I sat there going over every detail I could remember of the girl from this morning and the one from my dreams of the last several years with meticulous attention. I looked for all the differences I could think of and accepted the all-too-frustrating similarities. Her lips weren't as full as those of the girls in my dream, and her hair had less of the copper penny sheen to it. It was more of a dark burgundy like Auburn that almost turned a bright crimson in the sun. Both had the same beautiful and uniquely shaped green eyes. She was more voluptuous, though, but not in a bad way. She was just more like that 19-year-old supposedly plus-size Ford model than she was like most, current, most film current leads. To be fully honest, I actually really liked that difference. I continued my mental list of differences and similarities, only half paying attention to what was going on around me when she walked into the room, as radiant and cheerful as she had been earlier. I couldn't help but smile a little. The theme seemed, things seemed to be looking up, or at least they did until a shockingly tall and well-muscled, dark-skinned young man ducked into the room following closely behind her. I had always thought my roommate had dark skin for his background, but looking at this towering behemoth, his muscles liter- literally rippling beneath his black T shirt with every breath and movement he made, I now saw that Rick's skin was more golden beige than the russet I had always used to describe him. Standing beside the auburn haired pale skinned girl, not only was his height exaggerated, but so was the difference between them. His jet black hair cut in a stylishly shaggy way only seemed to better show off his sharp angles of his strong but wide set features making his deeply set eyes seem menacing while the soft curling tendrils of hair that framed her face seemed to soften it more making it impossible to determine her age. For every feminine curve she possessed he had the solidly carved mascul- masculine muscle to match. While she seemed kind and open to the world around her, he appeared closed off, possibly even afraid, which was just silly seeing seeing as he could probably crush the skull of any enemy in his one of his giant hands. Still, the way he kept looking around the room as if he was assessing it for potential threats was a bit unnerving. I watched them I watched them hand what I assumed were as slips to Morris, studying them silently, silently like the rest of my peers. There was something off about the man with her that I couldn't grasp outside the obvious discomfort given away by the way he shifted his weight from one foot to the other, in a rocking sort of motion as he stood there while Morris put packets together for them. The more I stared at them, the more I was slowly noticing just how old the boy looked compared to everyone else around him. Had he wanted, the young man could have easily passed for one of the professors, thanks in part to the deep set worry lines in his forehead that were made visible. Each time he ran a, a hand through his hair and tucked it behind his ears. Just about everyone around me was leaning forward in their seats, some whispering to friends, most ogling our new classmates with, some, with the same grins, the kind of closed lips smug, smug ones the girls break to bite their lips. T- that girls break to bite their lips temptingly, or guys break to leeringly lick their lips. <clears throat> it was like watching an animal's mating ritual. A part of me felt awkward. Another was fascinated that these two could have such a strong draw on literally every student in the room. Even more seemed to be having trouble as he kept shuffling and reshuffling papers while side glancing at the fidgeting man. <clears throat> <clears throat> After what felt like forever, they turned fully from Morris's desk and began looking for seats as he waved them towards us. The drawback into normalcy was laughable. The majority of those that had been leaning forward to stare or whisper to others lurched back as Morris spoke at regular volume and tried to appear as if they'd just been sitting there, bored the entire time. A few continued to stare through, their heads whipping around to each seat in their immediate vicinity, hoping for a vacancy that I was curious if they'd injured themselves. I had to bring a hand to my mouth to hide the visible twitching of my smile. Once i managed to make sure my face was under control, I lowered my hand and began to glance around as well. Curiously wondering if we had any open seats left in the small lecture hall. As it turned out, there were a few open seats, but there weren't any more next to each other. Of the four open seats left, two were relatively close to the front of the room, but on opposite sides. One was in the middle, and one was right beside me. The turmoil that crossed the dark head mountain of a man's face and (coughs) waist... Excuse me... The turmoil that crossed the dark-haired mountain of a man's face and ways actually made me feel guilty, and for the briefest of moments, I thought about getting up and moving seats so they could sit together. I watched, though, as the redhead finished surveying the room, her eyes falling on me for the briefest of moments, her lips turning up into the softest of smirk-like smiles. She turned then, straightening up to her fullest height and setting one of her hands on the man's giant bicep. He looked down at her and then nodded silently before he moved off to take the vacant chair in the middle of the room as she turned and walked towards me with that quick, graceful lope. She sat down silently on the other side of me, sliding almost fluidly into the seat. I gulped audibly. Hello again, she said. Uh, hi. Yeah, that was cool. I took a deep breath, watching as she pulled forth a notebook with the name of her course neatly written across the top. A pen, pencil, and highlighter from her bag. I'm sorry about running you over earlier. I really hope I didn't hurt you. Yes, Joshua, that was such a great way to start up a conversation. If I managed to live through this moment, I was certainly going down in the history books as the world's world's worst conversationalist. Like I said before, I am fine. Please do not worry about it any more. I watched her carefully, almost lovingly, remove a well-worn leather-bound book that I assumed to be a sketchpad. My curiosity was piqued at this, my mind imagining countless possibilities for all the doodles that might be held in it. I'm Joshua, by the way. I offered up, hoping that might start a deeper conversation. It's very nice to meet you, Joshua, she said as she looked up from her desk and down towards the whiteboard. I followed her gaze, pausing when I saw that the guy she'd come in with was staring at us. Though he was staring up at us, his eyes were solidly frozen on her, a look of concern in their cold, dark depths. I returned my eyes to the face of the girl who seemed to be in the middle of mouthing, I am fine to him. I gulped and decided it was best to just shut up. The more I made it appear as if I was flirting, the more likely it was that I'd have every bone in my body crushed. I took the moment to reach down and forward for my book bag. I figured the best way to keep me from being more of an idiot was to focus on the class at hand. Plus, I couldn't help figuring that if I got myself out of her personal space a bit, she might not be so uptight with me. As I put my, as my hand passed by her leg, I noticed her muscles twitch for a brief moment before her entire body body went rigid. Quickly, I pulled my hand away, along with my bag, before I looked up to meet her eyes. If looks could kill, I would have been dead on the spot. I had never seen a more hostile emotion in anyone's eyes than the one I saw behind the emerald emerald ones. I couldn't look away from. I shivered. Images of my legs being snapped like twigs, my arms torn from my body, and more flickering through my head. I'm sorry, did I touch you? She didn't say anything, she just glared at me. I went over it in my head, trying to figure out if maybe I had brushed against her leg or something, but I was almost positive I hadn't. Why was she suddenly so angry with me? when she'd practically been laughing at my stupidity only a few brief moments ago especially when I hadn't even touched her yes I had invaded her space a little bit more than I had wanted to but I was only trying to get my stuff out of her way trying to not look like a slob my intentions had been purely non-threatening what had I done to piss her off look if I offended you or accidentally touched you I really didn't mean to I was just trying to move my bag, I swear. She took a deep breath and turned her stare back to her things, leaving me even more confused than I had been moments ago. You okay? She simply nodded. I didn't know what to make of it, except that I should probably just let her be. I, uh, like your hat. Why? Why did I have to open my mouth? Why couldn't I have been tongue-tied like I always was around the opposite gender? Why was it so damn difficult to stick my plan to just shut up? Thank you, she said softly, almost curtly. Again, short answers. My valiant, although altogether embarrassing, tries continued to fail, figured. I pulled my notebook and pen from my book bag that now rested on my desk frustratingly searching my mind, trying my best to remember if she had reacted the same way this morning while I had been captivated by her perfect resemblance to my dream girl. But I couldn't think of her recoiling like this. All I could remember was her hand, how warm it was during the very brief moment when my fingers had touched the back of hers before she yanked it away. My frustration grew exp- exponentially, exponentially. Almost to the point of giving me a tension headache, why did this have to happen to me i'd been I'd been good. I wasn't being a sleaze or anything, or at least I didn't think I was. Why was she reacting this way? She must have been going through something equally as frustrating, though I wasn't positive what it could possibly be about. Her head was buried in her hands, fingers wound in her sca- wound in her uh, hair almost digging into her scalp. Hey, hey, everything all right? Yes, please, just... Would you mind handing me the thermos in the side of my bag, please? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. The pain tone in her voice worried me slightly, and I wondered how something to drink could help. I was careful to reach down this time, making double sure that I didn't go anywhere near her legs. I pulled the green thermos from the side pocket and handed it to her. It didn't smell like alcohol. If anything, when she opened it, I got a whiff of some kind of herb. I watched as she reached into her pants pocket and removed a small pill container. She popped two little tablets into her mouth and then took a sip from whatever was in the mug. She sat there, eyes closed for a moment. I tried to return my attention to the lecture going on, but my focus was solidly on her. Strange or not, if there was a problem... I wanted to make sure she could get the help she needed. Everything okay now? It will be. Thank you for your thank you for your help. You're welcome. So uh you're a transfer student, right? I didn't catch your name. That's because I have not given it to you yet. And yes my brothers and I decided it would be nice to go to the same school once more. Oh, so uh that's your brother then? I hadn't gotten her name, but at least it wasn't a one-word answer. Mm Mm-hmm. Would you mind telling me where we are exactly in today's lecture? Oh, sure. Page 150, chelating agents and the like. It's for our lab later today, which you should have automatically transferred into if you got into this course. You see chelating agents. Chelating agents affect the way certain foods are altered during digestion. Studying them can show precisely what factors affect our dietary iron absorption in the intestines. I've learned about them before. Thank you for helping me to catch up, Joshua. Though I wanted to be impressed by her knowledge. Though I should have opened up about how I, too, had studied this as well in high school during one of my advanced bio classes. The shortness in her tone suggested that it was probably best if I just shut up. Slouching down in my chair, no longer worried about making a good impression, I tried my hardest to ignore her and pay strict attention to the rest of the lecture. I hoped for a feeling of relief as I looked at something I understand. Something that normally wasn't complicated for me. I didn't want to continue to fail at talking to her. It was both irritating and embarrassing. Unfortunately, Professor Morris's lecture was just as boring as the original one I sat through during high school. I guess I should have figured that Morris's intro to chemistry course would hold no surprises for me. I should have tried harder to test into ch- I should have tried harder to test into chemistry two or something, though if I had, I might not have been able to sit next to her. I kept my head down as best as I could for the rest of the period but I couldn't help the occasional glance. During the entire hour and 45 minute long lecture, she didn't look up from her notebook once, at least not completely. I happened to glance over at her monstrous brother at one point. I found him glaring coldly at me, his dark eyes far more threatening than they had seemed earlier. Any semblance of fear that he'd previously had was now gone, and there was just this pure, unaltered wrath in his place I gulped audibly again exceptionally glad that looks couldn't kill though that look much like his sister's earlier wouldn't have just allowed me to die peacefully and so far was the only family resemblance I'd seen between the two I slinked away quickly averting my eyes back to the whiteboard with a speed that made me dizzy my eyes quickly refocused as Morris capped the marker with a loud click That concludes today's lecture. As for our two new students, please remember the seat you're in now, as it will be yours for the rest of the semester. Morris excused the class. Then I watched as the young woman beside me darted out of her chair and bolted for the door before anyone else had moved a muscle, leaving behind her notebook and the pen and pencil she'd laid out. Her leather-bound book was held tightly in her arms. Her bag slung over her shoulder as it had been when she'd arrived at class. Both the gorgeous girl and the monstrous boy moved fluidly out the door at an impossible pace for their seemingly graceful movements. I wondered how they did it until I saw the girl trip in the hallway just before they rounded the corner. I couldn't help but smirk a little. It was nice to see someone so angelic be as much of a klutz as the rest of us. I began gathering my things, feeling more of a mouse than a man, when I looked over at her desk and picked up her notebook the pen and pencil and set them on mine I had two options now I could give them back to her later during our lab or chicken out and just give them to Morris and have him get her have him get them back to her next class the weaker part of me thought chickening out was the smarter route but there was something something in the back of my head that urged me to take them with me and return them myself as I shoved them into my backpack I hope that part of me was smarter than I currently felt. Or this was going to bring about a whole new level of awkwardness. Well, there you have it. The first two chapters of Allison's book, Playing with Fire. Oh my god. I I know I stammered through it a lot. And I... To be honest, I didn't quite do it justice... Believe me, it is much better than I made it sound. I've never been good at reading out loud. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, anyway, uh we'll... Keep you all updated as to when it gets released. And everyone, please, please support Allison, uh... Get yourself an ebook po- copy, get it on paperback um she's not gonna she said she's not gonna charge much for it um, you know i I'm super proud of her. she's such a dear friend of mine, and you know um you know let's make this a success for her because she deserves it and uh so yeah again. Believe me, it is much better than I made it sound. So uh anyway, I hope you enjoyed and uh again uh please follow along with us on Instagram. We are at Joey and Allison underscore MH Warriors. uh rate and review us on iTunes it'll help us get the podcast podcast out there more. Ugh. See, I'm so stammering. <laughs> um yeah, just uh thank you for listening and uh hopefully uh the issue with Anchor will be worked out and we'll be uh back to our regularly scheduled program next week. So We hope you enjoyed this special little episode, and um, we will talk to you next time. Uh, Have a great day.